Hello and welcome to the Anime Explorations Podcast. My name is Alex. And I'm Tora. I'm David. And this month we are taking, well, we are taking a look at My Dress Up Darling. Um, and also we're going to be talking a bit about the... Um, a couple of the main anim- anime award things that were going on that had happened, which um, I just, darling, a few up that many other shows were nominated for both the Crunchyroll Anime Awards and the R slash Anime Awards as well. Um, so, uh, let's all jump right into it. Um, I've said. Before going into this, you, did you watch the anime or the manga or heard anything about it beforehand? I had not, not, not seen it or uh, read it, but I did know about it, uh, mainly because of cosplay and people cosplaying the characters. <laughs> and then, you know, seeing, you know, the pictures online of this, you know, Marin Kitagawa from My Dress of Parallel. I'm like, okay, and there's a lot of different costumes. So I guess it's a cosplay show. It's kind of all I knew going in. Yeah, I'd seen Marin pop up on TikTok a few times. <laughs> Other than that, no previous exposure. Yes. So this is prob this is um in a way in a similar sort of vibe, not in a chill sense, but in terms of subject matter sense, as something like um Azokin in that it's a show about making things, um, about creative arts. Uh, Azokin, it's about anime and animation. Here, it's a show about cosplay. Um, brief description of the premise. Um, the main character, our unprotective character, is Wakana Gojo. Um, he is, lives with his grandfather and who makes traditional Japanese Hina dolls. Um and if you watched our uh, the show we watched last month, um, Emiya family, you got to see some of those there. And he, and when he was a young um, kid, he brought one of his uh, friends from school home, and she was not happy with his hobby, and so he got major anxiety from that. And but he's still pursuing it, and he ends up meeting into. Maran Kitagara, a I guess he's basically part of the Gyaru Gal subculture. And who like who wants to cosplay, but is bad at making the costumes. And so their two skills combined to allow them to do cosplay. Her enthusiasm for the characters and helping pick subject matter and Gojo's um aptitude for sewing also helps the fact that she is an attractive young lady. And he's kind of into her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, guys, be be aware that this is like an, an etchy romantic comedy. It, I will say it's not as bad as some others that I've seen. Um, yeah, but it... As uh, late 30s uh, adult male, I can say this made me very uncomfortable with, you know, watching this... High school girl, like, dressing in very 
I don't want to say inappropriate, but very revealing outfits. Like the first character she's cosplaying is out of a porn game. And yeah, there's just, it was, I don't like, I don't know how many times I told the television, like, just put clothes on the teenage girl, please. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I want to say that I actually, I really enjoyed this show. That being said, um, Mm -hmm. watching it as a woman, you do feel kind of slapped in the face at times with the thought that this was not made for me, unless you're really into young girls, um, in which case, fine. But I mean, for me, it was it was very much. I'm having a great time. I'm vibing with the show. I'm enjoying the characters' enthusiasm, and and then it's like, oh, yeah, I bet a lot of pervs like this show, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's. Going into the minutiae of, you know, making costumes, which, you know, takes us back for back to our cosplay days. Oh my God, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, it's like, yes, the community's great. They're so supportive. Although in my personal experience, not the steampunk crowd. They were just, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but it, 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 it's good, you know, people working together, collaborations. And then you wear something that makes Lilu from fifth element look conservative and it's like oh so there was a lot of bits that just stopped my killed my enjoyment and again i really liked it i just after i after i watched it i had to literally make a pros and cons list right there's so much i like about this show and then there's so many things that i disagree with so i don't know i think if you can just um If you can see it as an ode to cosplaying, it's great. Even though there are a few things that are problematic, such as Marin darkening her skin for a cosplay and the discussion of whether certain body types are correct for certain cosplays, which is like, eesh. Um, But yeah, if you were into cosplay hobby when it was kind of first getting going, or if you're into cosplay now, you will vibe with the characters. Um, and I've known a lot of, of cosplayers who have this exact dynamic with their costume maker, actually. Like, these people are... It's like, I kind of know these people. <laughs> and then when I was watching it, I was also thinking, oh, God, I have been both of these people. I have been the nerdy outsider with the weird hobby. And I have also been the extremely enthusiastic people, uh, person who drags an outsider into my weird hobby. So... I got it. I got that. Um, <laughs> and at the end of the day, I had fun watching it. But yeah, there were a few things that I would have changed if it were made for me, which obviously I don't think it was, but that's fine. <laughs> Probably one of the other cosplay things, aside from the darkening the skin of discussion of body types, that I did remember seeing coming up in discussion from you western cosplay circles though this is something that's it's not an issue for the characters who are japanese but is definitely an issue for american cosplayers or european for that matter and they're talking about using um cosplay tape to adjust eye shape Mm. right yeah like the general uh, description discussion from that was like basically don't (laughs) <laughs> um right. with the side bit of like maybe maybe in like 
if you're doing a cosplay photo session, making your eyes bigger, okay, fine. Like, larger eyes, that's one thing, but nothing more than that. Um, if you're if you're doing a character who if you're cosplaying as a character who has larger like the the, the the exaggerated round eye like doing it for like a like an, a limited time photo session but nothing more than that. Um, but yeah, like so yeah, it's uh, tricky. <laughs> so so you, you mentioned that you've done cosplay. Um, yeah, were uh, <laughs> for the the for the craft side of things because they they spend a significant amount of time on the show that like. Like while there is like a significant amount of fan service, like I would almost say like the split is like fan service to time yeah. spent making and talking about making costume is about forty-five to fifty-five percent, maybe forty to sixty. Yeah, like there is definite fan service, but it is something that you know isn't taking up that much time it's just and it is situational rather than pervasive like it is yes. in some shows like i will say that about it is that because our viewpoint character gojo is that teenage boy he, it is all from like that viewpoint of a teenage boy so i will also give them props for using realistic physics <laughs> um and I will also give the props because sometimes the fan service just gets so ridiculous that it kind of circles back around to being inoffensive somehow. <laughs> you're you're just laughing at the characters at that point. <laughs> but yes, uh, I honestly, I love the material, the literal uh, materials going into the things and they're examining them. Because it took me back, you know, to being in Joanne's and just two bolts of fabric and lifting them and dropping them to see which had the right swoosh for the cape I was making. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, sewing is is hard. Uh, the fact that Marin just like straight up assaults Gojo, like you have to make me costumes. That is true to life. Um, I have... <laughs> I have been that person. Yes, you have. Yes, <laughs> you, you, know, have. you know how to sew. Do this, this, and this, and this, and this. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because it's hard. And it, you, nowadays, it's easy to go online and find people who make their own costumes and then wear them. But I would say that when I was doing cosplay um, back in the like 2000s and 2010s, it was more common for people to have their costumes made by a friend or a parent or an aunt or someone um, who knew how to sew. And then went usually went with them to be their photographer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is basically the scenario sort of that we have here with Gojo yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's it felt very familiar. It felt familiar, uh, yes. <laughs> like, and I appreciate the, the, the way they handle the humor with um, Gojo and in terms of with his focus on the craft of costuming and that sort of thing, where like we have the the, the it's not the the actual meet cute. Well, I guess the the secondary mute cute in the first episode in the costume room mm -hmm. or in the, in the sewing room, where like on the what like initially Gojo is like, oh my god, pretty girl, especially if he had so little social contact with almost anyone, and then he sees the cost, and then Marin shows him the costume and his brain immediately shifts gears to oh dear god what is that <laughs> that, that that's terrible 
what stitches did you even use on this? <laughs> no, that's completely wrong. Wait, you're making this? No, you see, there's an underlayer here. You don't have that. This is also 100% um, accurate. Um, so I, I went to art school, right? Um, and the first thing people would sometimes ask me when I said, oh, yeah, I went to art school is, oh, so you had to draw a bunch of naked people. How was that? The thing is, when you're making art, it engages a different part of your brain. It seriously does. So the way his brain switches immediately from teenage boy fluster to focusing in on the craft, that actually happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It does. And so that was very familiar and uh, accurate to me. <laughs> Um, I also like appreciated, uh, like the, the, um, some of the scenes of like, I think like the second or episode, the episode where they'd gone out for lunch for dinner or lunch after their shopping excursion. And they're walking past the people waiting in line for the restaurant and the sort of freaking the Danes moment they have there. Mm -hmm. Um, that, that was, was very cute. Yes, that was. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of really cute moments in this show. Um, you know, I enjoyed the relationship aspect, particularly once we started getting getting more stuff from Marin's point of view. Once it became obvious that she is into him as well and doesn't know how to show it either, and they're just the the two teenagers who have no idea how to communicate with one another. Very true to life. Um, Use your words, people. Use your words. Use your words, guys. Um, <laughs> so, I, and I liked that, you know, they just genuinely vibed with one another and were hanging out a lot outside of cosplay eventually. <laughs> mm -hmm. Also, it's interested in the, like, when I was rewatching, I think this is like the third time I've watched this. I watched this once on my own, once with some for other, for, um, other people, and then for the show and this time like going and going oh i kind of figure out what they're caught what shows they're kind of like parodying is the wrong term but doing like the off-brand version of um mm -hmm. like like the second show the, the they do to the magical girl show is basically it's like part um uh madoka magica but also with like a whole bunch of pretty cure in there because like they're doing, oh they're doing a magical girl fight but they're all punching and like that which is which is how pretty curious because yeah those send-ups were fantastic <laughs> like you can tell that the creators of the show had a fun time doing those like the okay third what's the minimum amount of changes we can make so that we're not sued but it's very clear where our <laughs> you know intent is yeah it's like six uh, differences we can do that yeah, like the, the second costume, which is basically a darker skin tone on Marin, as mentioned, and a swimsuit. It's like Elena from Street Fighter Three Third Strike, but with but with Fangs, like the main character from um, I forget the name of the show, but it's the 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 the, the prison one with the like the, the prison death battle one. Um, I don't remember the name of it. And then also it has a Guilty Gear presentation with like the typeface on the music as opposed to uh, the um, general Street Fighter vibe and relevant typeface. 
Yeah, and like David said, I was seeing Lilu from Fifth Element too. Like <laughs> it's a strap across the breasts and like bikini <laughs> bottoms. And this takes me back around. And luckily, to... there was very little done with this because, like, the guy made it and he was, like, super uncomfortable. We didn't, like, ever really. There was, like, one bit with her in it and then just moved on. And I was thankful for that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> there was there was one scene that made me really uncomfortable. And that is actually, like, Marin's kind of triumphant scene where she's cosplaying for the first time as the character from the porn game. And she starts getting a lot of attention. And like one of the first guys that comes up to her and asks to take a picture is, you know, kind of that stereotype of the kind of larger bodied sweaty otaku with glasses and a big camera. And it's like, okay, I don't really agree with the use of the stereotype, but at the same time, she starts getting a lot of attention from men and she's having a fantastic time and that's what made me uncomfortable. It's like she doesn't realize why she's getting all this attention from men necessarily. And that made me uncomfortable as a viewer because it's like I know how many creeps there are out there. And I've been in that place where I wanted to cosplay a sexy character myself. And I really had to stop and think about it. Like, did I want that kind of attention? Because <laughs> you get it. And... If you can enjoy it, that's great for you. But if you know what's going on behind the scenes, then it should make you uncomfortable. And so I'm like, oh, child, how old are you? Where are your parents? This is terrible. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's supposed to be this great triumphant moment for her. And I wanted her to enjoy it. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, God, be careful. Because uh, the, the, yeah. the situation in question, it's not like it, it is a cosplay photo shoot event, but it's not like necessarily the close the, the relatively closed event that you'd have at say an american anime convention or something like that where you have a ticketing set up and you have security staff where essentially if somebody's being a creepazoid they can be like the security staff can escort them from the building mm -hmm. and otherwise kick them out if they're violating rules yeah like as bad as that was it's like i've seen that person at conventions i've had to you know dramatically use my cape to block someone from you know see you know from that person and i almost i almost get upset because i want to be in that moment with the character where they're just having a great time because they're involving themselves in something that they love but as a woman who has, you know, grown up going to conventions, grown up in fan spaces. You can't ever really relax and just let yourself enjoy it because people like that exist. Um, you know, there's there's a big negative underbelly to these fandoms and a lot of bad actors out there. Um, and so you want to be in that moment and at the same time your instincts are telling you this is not okay like <laughs> run away girl and i think that is more of an experience for women cosplayers than for men yeah like, so i i guess it's appropriate to say i was kind of triggered by that scene <laughs> like that, that that's that's reasonable like i have encountered fandom related comics from male authors that have Definitely had much more awareness of that. I remember reading uh, Genshiken 
Um, and I think this came up in the anime as well, where like they do a cosplay event at their college for the get as the, the Gechikin's contribution to their culture fest or whatever, <clears throat> club day. And like the Genshikin has to eject somebody from the event for um being uh for, for, for being inappropriate mm -hmm. and taking inappropriate photos like like i believe they had that person in question that like getting clobbered and their camera taken and also broken um it is like lightly played for laughs there which is still in, in the set but not in the sense of that the person is being creepy but more in the sense of the person who is being creepy like getting the crap beat out of him sort of situation uh the, the retribution not the act is the the act of comedy it is definitely good um there are a lot of good people in any given fandom who will defend women who are cosplaying sexy characters which is great yeah. um i don't have a kind of societalized sexy body quote unquote but the few times I have cosplayed are kind of the few times I have gotten, like, literally leered at. Um, nobody has ever said anything inappropriate to me because I've always gone with friends. I've always, I've been, I've always been very conscious of this possibility. Um, but yeah, some of the looks can be uncomfortable. Um, and so when you have a character like Marin, who is conventionally very attractive... And then you factor in the fact that she's like 15, 16. That, that just kicks in all my mom instincts. And I'm like, oh, baby, where, 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 where's your friend group to circle around you protectively if something happens? Um, so, I mean, that 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 is just personal to me. Um, and yeah, but I, I think probably other people have have had that experience as well. And she does get, you know, as the as the you know the season progresses, she does, you know, start working with other people, mm -hmm. uh, other you know to do group cosplays. You know, there is definitely that growing support network, so that hopefully next time she. <laughs> I do want to talk about Shinju, um, because I loved that character, um, <laughs> character who loved cosplay but was kind of too shy to do it herself partially because the character she wanted to cosplay was male right um but gojo was able to help her kind of overcome her initial shyness and they research ways to make her body more masculine so that she can cosplay as this male character and i vibed with shinju 100 percent because as any lady with big boobs will tell you they suck Okay, guys, I am sorry if you like them, but having them absolutely sucks. You, you heard it from me. Um, <laughs> and so this show actually addresses the fact that big boobs are hard to deal with. And I really appreciate that. And it also talks about how it's really hard to be mature looking at a young age, right? And this goes back to kind of that, you know, you have to be aware that there are bad guys out there. Um, and so I just really appreciated that this character even existed, let alone that they were talking about, you know, gender shouldn't matter when you are cosplaying your favorite characters. Now, and I also appreciate that Shinju, while she 
has a large bust. She's also the youngest character in the show, and they yeah, don't. She is a middle schooler, and they don't leer at her. And we, we we don't have the same male gaze with the with with her that we have with any of the other female characters in the show who are high schooler, either the same age as Gojo, or in the case of yes. Shinju's young um, older sister, um, Shinju's older sister, who does look like a middle schooler. So uh, yeah, um, but like. Like the, the 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 joke bit they do the most joke bit they do with uh, Shinju is um, with related to her bust is when is difficulties with trying to do chest binding and it's mere and in that case it's the joke is buttons break and end up flying out with possibly lethal force. <laughs> I'm sorry, That's but true. that is a hundred percent accurate. Yeah. <laughs> do you know how hard it is to buy button-up shirts when? No, I'm sorry. I'll I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've gotten hit by a bursting button. I do know. <laughs> Sorry, but that is true. <laughs> Just saw an ad on TikTok that came to me because the algorithm knows me so well for button-up shirts in large sizes with extra clasps around the bust area. And it's like, at least people know this is necessary now. <laughs> yes, loved that character. Yeah. I I do feel like for all that they talked about how gender should have nothing to do with cosplaying what you love, which is a, which I agree with, great message. I do feel like all of the the love that they lavish on cosplaying is a little bit undermined by the fan service that the show utilizes because um I actually really like Marin as a character, but she does fit right into that manic pixie dream girl trope and it's like what are her flaws does she have any i don't know her family life isn't great but that doesn't come up much um and (laughs) i don't know i just i'm like i mean your dad lets you live alone and model and buy hentai games and post sexy pictures of yourself online like oh young lady you're gonna grow up learning all the wrong things. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got the her first cut like, was from a porn game. She's learned all the wrong things. <laughs> uh, like my main like when I was watching this for the third time, I was like, okay, what are like on the one hand, like her flaws are relatively minor. She can't cook with a darn, uh, which admittedly, because she is living on her own, is a problem. Um and like she's she's crap, but she stays so thin. How? I'm jealous. That is <laughs> that is a teenage biology. <laughs> that is a teenage Some thing. people Yeah. <laughs> like oh, I miss my teenage biology, being able to eat whatever and yeah. not waking up sore. <laughs> I never had that metabolism, so curse you. Um yes. <laughs> And yeah, like, your brothers, either. yeah. Well, yeah, like um, that's like that, that's her like that's her main flaw. Like I, I will say, like I do get the impression, like if Marin hadn't met Gojo, presumably, like she would have probably still kept trying to do this. She wouldn't have been as successful um, at doing cosplay. Uh, it would have taken her longer to get to where she was at than where she was able to get over the course of this season, um, because. Basically, she had the benefit of 
of managing to get a hold of somebody who had been learning how to sew since he was 10, more or less, some, mm -hmm. to sew clothing since he was 10. Um, the, the, the equivalent of the martial arts anime um, prodigy character, except sewing. Yeah. Yeah. If I may, cosplay does seem a lot more kind of gatekept these days, not because you can't do it, but because so many people have now made it almost a professional job that if you go in with your homemade costume, you might have a few moments where, you know, someone recognizes the character and you feel great and you vibe and everything is fantastic, but you're probably going to have a lot more moments where you're looking at other people's costumes and thinking, oh my God, theirs is so much better. Like, I could never make that prop. I could never sew that well. And so I feel like the hobby has kind of lost something in terms of just being about pure enthusiasm. Um, and Marin is enthusiastic. Like she probably would have continued to do her best, you know, and she would have been happy. But the show also kind of reinforces this idea that if you can't afford like a nice photo shoot with your cosplay, if you can't find someone who can sew really well for you, if you don't, you know, get the right props that you're not doing it right. And that just takes away from the whole basis of where it came from, which was out of love for fandoms. Right? <laughs> yeah. I definitely like, I haven't delved that much in the cosplay programming track at like Kimura Con necessarily. So I don't know how much of the like where they're at is say for tutorializing and helping to onboard people for that sort of thing. I have definitely seen like a really good mix of general varieties of character cosplay types at Kimura Con the years I've been going. And it helps that we've gotten some shows which are easier to do cosplay for, like, not easier is the wrong term, but have simpler cosplay designs than others. Like, to use mm -hmm. an example, um, Miraculous Ladybug is a bodysuit with red spots on it. Uh, it's a very popular show, and thus lots of people want to dress up as Miraculous Ladybug. Um, the same sort of thing where a couple got our way went to Kumo last year. There was a couple guys who were dressed up as characters from Gantz. And again, that's a that's a a, a skin tight bodysuit costume and one with less detail on it necessarily than say a plug suit um from Evangelion. So but those it helps that anime and animation are doing a decent job of finding the creating these gateway characters so that you can say work your way up to a Genshin Impact character or <laughs> your magical girls or that yeah. sort of thing. I remember, I think one of my favorite from when we were doing cosplay was back in the early aughts. It was, we did, we got actually a huge, a pretty decently sized group together for uh, the Thor. It was like six, seven people. Yeah. And one of our friends um, did not have time to make a costume, but he was like, I'm going to be there. I, it's like 15 minutes from where I live. I want to be a part. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, okay, well, what do you have time for? Because he was working so much. And he, he decided he was going to go as, because this was when Thor was uh, on Earth uh, in Broxton, Oklahoma. There was a recurring character who was the fry cook at the low school place. 
So, and he was—he actually was a pretty decent character, uh, Bill the Fry Cook. So there we. In it our, was just an apron and a spatula, and, and that, a backwards baseball cap, and that was enough. Like, <laughs> because that's that was the character. So you know, we had Thor, we had Lady Loki, Valkyrie, uh, Helda. I think was the ice lady who has mm-hmm. not shown up again in the comics since. Right. <laughs> and there was Bill. And I'm forgetting a couple of people, but it was, it was it was great though. It was great, and he and when his character came on stage with the rest of the group, he got a huge applause and laugh. Yeah. <laughs> so honestly, like, I lo- I love cosplay, but you don't have to start with the really complicated stuff. If you know, if you're going into cosplay, start with something a little simpler and work your way up. Get experience. No one starts being great at anything. Being bad at something is the first step to being kind of good at it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it, and, it, like, um, yeah. <laughs> I used example of the show that kicked off um, of anime cosplay, both in Japan, or the, the, the creator whose works kicked off anime cosplay, who kicked off in, in Japan and in the United States, who sadly passed away between the recording of our two episodes, the late Liji Masumoto, it is really easy to do uh, Hoshiro Oyama from Galaxy Express 39, or even for that matter, his counterpart uh, from um, uh, Harlock, which is it's a poncho, a floppy hat, maybe some Coke bottle glasses. And if you want, and if you want to do Mattel, the tough parts, the hat and finding the right type of coat. Um, that big wraparound fur coat or fake fur coat, and but then you but with the two of them, you have the most like two of the most iconic characters in anime. Mm-hmm. One of the other um things that I want to tell people thinking about getting into cosplay would be that, um, because the hobby should be based on enthusiasm and usually is for most people, um, people who are good at cosplay will be happy to tell you how they made things. Like in almost all cases, they'll tell you exactly where they got their materials, exactly how they put it together. A lot of creators will have blogs or tumblers or TikToks where they explain every step of their process for people who want to do it themselves. Um, So if you're getting into cosplay and you're like, oh God, I can't possibly achieve that level. Uh, maybe you can. I mean, if you go and look, they quite often people will detail out all their process for you so you can attempt it yourself. And like David said, you know, the first step is just getting out there and trying it. Yeah. It doesn't have to be intense or involve heating up foam with an, with a heat gun. Like it, it could just be some simple props and a cool coat. Like, I mean, yeah, and, and that's fine. <laughs> oh, God. yeah. And even if, you know, even if you do make it and you don't like it, there's nothing to stop you from doing it again and again and again. God, my my Thor costume went through, what, five iterations before I was really happy with it? You have to really love it because otherwise the time that you spend and the money that you spend, you'll be like, why did I do this? Um, which is why it's it's heartening that people are still doing cosplay at an amateur level because they they just love the stuff that they've been watching that much. And when you find other people who love that stuff the same amount as you, that is such a good feeling. I think that's what the whole hobby is based on, really. 
Yeah. And, and, oh, I need to get started on my or start on the out my Alphonse costume for Halloween. My son and or my son and I are going as Edward and Alphonse Elric this Halloween. So it's gonna be adorable. <laughs> because we're about the right height difference. <laughs> it also bears mentioning um that like the like as if you if a show is particularly popular to mention um uh full metal alchemist there, like the the more people who are trying to cosplay it, the more resources out there, people who are at, who will have asked the same question as you have. There are probably like 20 plus forums that will have had threads or blogs that will have blog posts, for example, on how to do the um harness gear for attack on, for the um attack on Titan. Mm -hmm. If that's if that's your jam. That's true. Yeah. So I think the reason that I come around to liking Marin a lot as a character is because of that enthusiasm. And I've shared that experience and it makes me want to give her a big hug and be like, yes, go forth, young nerd. <laughs> yeah. And I, I will say, like, online, yes, as you both have covered, online resources are fantastic. Um, one of probably the best resources if you're trying to get into Star Wars which, you know, is great. They've got, you know, the 501st and, you know, the Rebel Legion, and they've got huge forums that tell you basically exactly how to make everything. Or if you don't want to make it, if you want to buy pieces, they'll tell you the best places to buy them, the best people to buy them from. You know, for any price point, there's that. And that's the one I kind of know best, but I, I'm almost certain that there are those groups for every fandom you can imagine. Thank yeah, God I, for the internet. I remember, <laughs> yes, thank God for the internet. Without the internet, you wouldn't be listening to us now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I remember going to um, one of the local science fiction conventions, Oricon, and like they had like the, I forget the name of the group, but they had a local, the local Mand Mandalorian group. This was before the Mandalorian aired. Mm -hmm. um, and with like plenty of instructions on how, on how to make your Mando armor. And I imagine that they are probably even busier now and with more people I'm sure who... yeah um but uh one of the one of the great things for cosplay is um these days if you're getting into it it's 3d printing because a lot of the things they're just free files online that you can find you can figure out your sizes and you can print it or you can have it printed by someone else for you for you personally and that cuts down so much on having to carve at a foam core. So much. So, or, or not foam core. I mean, yes, you could do foam <laughs> core, but uh, uh, foam, craft foam is what I was thinking. The abuses that have been performed on foam in the name of cosplay are legion. <laughs> the amount of foam trash I have left behind in my wake. All right, just one more quick thing I want to say yeah. if people are thinking about cosplaying, and then we can move on, but... Um, Keep in mind that the cosplays you're seeing coming out this year um, and forward from this year, because of the pandemic, creators basically had a year to two years to just sit at home and perfect their costumes. So I feel like the quality right now is just really kind of artificially high just because of that. So just, you know, keep that in the back of your mind. That is not a reason uh, not to cosplay right now. <laughs> I, when you have a year to go to put to stick Genshin Impact in photo mode and move the camera about every single possible angle of your favorite character. Um, yeah. 
in my experience it's more like it is in the show where it's like we have two weeks (laughs) (laughs) oh god or oh god even worse okay the prop went to our old address we have three days to make a new crown out of what we can find and it's friday at six yep 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 (laughs) these are things that happen god yeah like we overnighted that to the hotel and spent three hours with hot glue and spray paint on the balcony good times good times (laughs) but that crown looked gorgeous I, I had no sleep, but it was gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, the so um, as I mentioned, with the popularity of Marin Kitagawa, this show got nominated for a lot of uh, awards. This when they did their and their anime awards season um, for both the uh, Crunchyroll Anime Awards and the R slash Anime Awards. Uh, admittedly, it did not w- win um, any of them, but admittedly, for some of these categories, I'm not going to say it was sent out to die, but when you're nominated for character I most want to protect at the Crunchyroll Anime Awards, and your opposition is um, Boji from uh, Ranking Boji of Kings. No, 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 oh. Boji from Ranking of Kings. Not Boji, but Boji from Ranking of oh, Kings. Okay. <laughs> and Anya from Spy Family, you're going, it's a pleasure, it's an honor just to be nominated. (laughs) It it, it was a strong year for comedy, a strong year. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, Ranking of Kings was kind of mix of comedy and um, dramatic action. We should probably do that show at some point. It's a good show, um, Ranking of Kings. Um. Also, a show that got nominated a bunch. Um, so, Bochy the Rock, which is the show that we're going to be doing next, um, did not get nominated for anything at the Crunchyroll Anime Awards, <laughs> mainly just because they're of their cutoff date. They didn't do anything for that fall season um, for eligibility, just because it was by their cutoff time would have been too early in the season for that sh- for those shows. So, I I I, I understand why they did that, uh, but it like swept a lot of points at the um our anime awards um like best comedy um it was it took the public winner for most comedic character and cast and animation um other show that did better than those like like chainsaw man was not eligible for the uh crunchyroll anime awards which is why it didn't win anything. Others have probably have done better. Um, if we, if we, uh, yeah, I, I, we, we watched Chainsaw Man, and it, it was really good, but it wasn't really for me. Mm. <laughs> like I didn't much care. It probably would have gotten a few things though if it oh, had been eligible. Like it was, it was gorgeously done, but yeah, it characters didn't really do much for me. <laughs> And I have read the manga before, so I did know everything that was coming. And like I knew there were I knew they made a lot of changes. Well, a number of changes for pacing wise. And I thought that the changes they made made it more of a streamlined show as opposed to the manga. 
why are we, I, I don't know why you know a, they, we're talking about the awards and it didn't and it wasn't there so yeah <laughs> sorry that's another podcast well yeah. i mean it was we'll nominated. well it was nominated for a bunch at the r anime awards it did take a bunch of them like for okay. for like one of the episodes for the best ending which chainsaw man having different endings for every episode was a nice worked well yes uh, um though, i was I, delighted to see edge runners in yep. the awards that, runner winning best oh that show was fantastic so i appreciate it. so i watched the anime award the crunchyroll anime awards ceremony not live because it aired at 1 30 in the morning godly time I was gonna say, wasn't it at 2 a.m <laughs> yeah it was, at, it, was, it, was at, it was at 2 a.m um 1 30 because it was being streamed live from japan which i appreciated that they had that they did do the award show in japan uh because we mm-hmm. because because of the how they changed the presentation to the backup for those who haven't watched the award ceremonies in the past um before the pandemic the award show um was basically like i would describe it as closer to being like the keelys except without all the without all the trailers as far as the the video game awards where like you had the audience was primarily video game fans gamers um you had the people you had some people from the studios and stuff come on stage and that sort of thing but the show was meant for 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 the fans this the presentation of the Crunchyroll anime awards this year i would compare it closer to the golden globes in terms of the audience was exclusively people who were like, like nominees and people from the various companies and that sort of thing there it was, was like, industry focused. Yeah, it was it was industry focused, but with fan voting, um, and a jury of critics and fans who helped pick the nominees. And so you had like, and like the round tables with presumably they had food and and such beforehand. Um, so like the Golden Globes, they may be a little liquored up, um, but not like as liquored up as the American Golden Globes get. <laughs> Um, but this also meant like we got to see reactions from the people who made the shows when they won, um, as opposed to before the earlier show ceremonies where, oh, Studio Trigger has won for this show. Here's a pre-recorded acceptance speech because we're having this show in Los Angeles and they're working on, they're actively working on another show right now. So they, so they, can't make the time to fill to send somebody to fly out to Los Angeles, do an award show ceremony, and then come back, or what have you. Um, there, it it fits with their schedule to have this ceremony to come to the ceremony. And so, when Cyberpunk Edge Runners won, after not winning any other ones, and particularly with having nominees who had been generally sweeping everything before this, like Demon Slayer and Spy Family. Like you got to see like the, the reactions of everyone to your trigger who are at their table. Like what we won, <laughs> we weren't supposed to win. I we thought that. Demon Slayer was going to win. We thought Attack on Titan was going to win. Well, uh, like didn't uh, didn't Ed Renders also win best uh, English voice actor? Oh uh, yes, it did win best English voice actor for David Martinez. Yeah. Um, but Ooh. as um, uh, for Zach Aguilar in that role, but also like. For the Eng- for the voice actor, yeah, but yeah, for the English voice for the voice actor awards in general, they gave those out in the pre-show, oh. uh, particularly because they had 
voice actor awards for every language that Crunchyroll does. Oh, wow. Uh, so English, the, the, this is whether or not this is a show that is dubbed, it, that, that is carried on Crunchyroll. If Crunchyroll does that language, then they give out an award for that, with the exception of Russian um, this year. But they have like English, German, um, uh, Arabic, well, yeah, Arabic, Castilian. Yeah, well, they have a yeah, lot. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so like they, so like all of them are there so that, so I understand why they didn't do that. Why they, they didn't do that. It would have been too much to air for sure. Like it was already so many of the same character coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Particularly again, it's it's a fairly long ceremony as it was, even like not including the pre-show was like a couple hours plus with a couple of musical performances. Um, But so, um, but yeah. Um, speaking of shows about people who where your where your parents, um, uh, Call of the Night also got a fair amount of award nominations as well, um, and a few wins in um, on the R slash Anime Awards. So that is a I mean, that is a show about a middle schooler with insomnia wandering around Tokyo um, after dark and meeting up with a vampire. Oh my goodness. Um, and it's a comedy. <laughs> oh, honey, where are your parents? <laughs> <laughs> like it's a good show. The opening and closing songs for that show both slap. Um, they are bona fide bangers, but um and the the show has very strong lo-fi vibes, but yeah, that is definitely where are your parents the show. <laughs> it's 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 like young adult novels here in the states where like they're classified as young adult novels but they contain super serious and dire subject matter if you stop to think about them for a moment <laughs> good times like saying this is a fan of ya fiction right here <laughs> also yeah. just keep in mind things like the hunger games are classified as young adult that's what i'm talking about i know it's like why are you classifying this as young adult? Because it's shorter than another novel? <laughs> not not enough. No, it's because the main characters are teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> I I saw something on TikTok the other day that I want to share that was obviously just pulled straight from Tumblr. <laughs> it said the biggest indicator of the kids not being all right is that all isekai nowadays has gone from ultimate power level super cool beam explosion harem fantasy to shit like in this new world i eat lots of delicious food and help people with minor problems and i feel incredibly fulfilled with a happy and peaceful life where the cold grip of capitalism can't touch me yeah i mean <laughs> we do get those shows but they are significant they are um like equally balanced if not outweighed but as far as the, the, the power fantasy shows like eminence and shadow is basically is basically the trudibio power fantasy isekai show um, i find that chainsaw man was kind of a weird mix between the two yeah like chainsaw <laughs> oh, man is like my elevator pitch for it is what if you crossed hayate the combat butler and devil man yeah <laughs> where in where what if instead of Hayate um, ending up meeting up with a rich girl and becoming her battle butler, 
what if instead Hayate ran into um, not to, to to give too much away for a later depth for a later uh, Chainsaw Man? What if Hayate ran into his childhood friend who revealed to him that there are devils and we need to turn you into a devil man in order to fight to, to save humanity from these these horrible devils? And you swear that this childhood friend is not going to turn evil in the future? Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. That, not at all. That- that's Devil Man. Yes, that is just Devil Man. <laughs> no, the difference being is is the main character of Devil Man doesn't have crippling debt. Well, I guess neither does Chainsaw Man after the first episode. True. <laughs> Who do I owe debt to? A bunch of corpses? They're not going to collect. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> my standards are so low <laughs> at this point in my life. I don't know if it's that our standards are different. It's just the fact that we've seen so much. It now takes something extra to move out of the, yeah, just we've seen that before. <laughs> it takes something to distinguish a, a work. And Chainsaw Man really didn't for me. Hmm. Well, it did for me in that the protagonist is, like, not actually a protagonist. I know! His his wants are so low that um, he just kind of goes with everything. And the other characters, like, if they weren't there, the show would be boring. (laughs) Yeah, like, um, I... With good fights. I mean, as much as I did not... As much as I was indifferent towards Chainsaw Man, the fights in that show are absolutely gorgeous. As far as the low standards thing, that does fit with Hayate. Like, I, mean, I mean, disgusting but gorgeous. Like, with, I remember there's a chapter of Hayate where they mention where like they flash back to Hayate writing his "What I What Do I Want When I Get Older" um, paper for class, and it's like I want a small studio apartment that my parents don't know where it is. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if, if you if you know That's Hayate the, the comic butler, you, you understand why because because like. Hayate's parents are the worst parents in anime, and that's saying something. That's saying a lot. Okay, maybe not the worst parents. Um, like because I don't know. Kill, it, kill, I mean, kill, Todoroki right? from My Hero Academia. Those are bad parents. Oh God. <laughs> so, not to turn this into the Hayate the Combat Butler podcast, uh, but Hayate, um, yeah, it gets better. But <laughs> Hayate's parents, um are like just total crooks um they, they, they have a they have a pen shot for fast crimes and slow horses oh, no. um, <laughs> and leaving their young son Hayate from like the age of like six or seven to basically be the one who actually is responsible for making the money for the, the for the household which is why he has such a massive array of skills are you saying this of- is like if Bonnie and Clyde had a kid? Kind of like like mm-hmm. well, they, they don't do bank robbery, but they do like art forgery and selling um, <laughs> fake goods and that sort of thing. Uh, and then they blow all their money on slow horses. God, slow horses. <laughs> um, and the ends and the, at the first chapter of the series, the family decided we're going to take out a massive loan from some very generous people, mm-hmm. Yakuza. We're going to use our son for collateral. And then they skip town, and it is also later revealed that they'd also stolen his video, uh, his video store card, 
and rented a bunch of tapes and took the tapes with them. Oh my god. And so basically Hayate like mentioned like if he ever ever seen care of them, he's going to beat the crap out of his parents when he needs them. It's that it's that video card bit that really elevates it to petty assholery right there. <laughs> wow. Oh man. So yeah. So and again, next month's show is going to be Bochi the Rock, which Ooh. which won a lot of awards at the R slash anime award, including the public winner for anime of the year. So I figure this would be a a good pick. This is a recommendation from David. You want to talk about the show a bit? And why you pick No, that? that sounds like a great thing to do next week. <laughs> Or next next time. He's saying that he will go off for another twenty minutes. Oh, easily. <laughs> I I will say, um, I just saw like one frame from this show of the character performing on stage in a cardboard box because she's so has such you know anxiety about performing in public, and I'm like, I've got to check this out, and I loved this show. Oh. It, honestly, it hooked me immediately i like I, I it resonated with me being that like socially awkward introvert in school and then just finding something you're passionate about finding your and people just channeling it. yeah finding your people yeah. like i love that kind of thing and i hope there's more i cannot wait to watch more <laughs> it's gonna be this is is going to be my third time watching it and it's pretty new i've, I've seen it twice already <laughs> I'm excited to watch it for the first time. Yeah. yeah. All right. And for those who are watching along with the show, Bochi the Rock is available for streaming on Crunchyroll. Um, it is new enough that we do not have a physical release for it yet. I There may be a manga. Um, if there is, I'll put a link to where you can get it in the show notes. Um, also, I forgot to do this last time, so I might as well fix that here. Um, if you do want to comment on the show, we have an email address, animeexplorations at gmail.com. If you get your email in in time, we will um, comments on Bochi the Rock, or for that matter, your comments on My Dress Up Darling. We will happily bring those up on the next show. My Dress Up Darling also available on Crunchyroll. Yep. And, and My Dress Up Darling manga is licensed for that and is available as well. I'll have links for that too. Yeah, send us, send us stuff to interact with. We will be delighted to interact with you. It's fun to talk about this stuff with people, I think. Yeah. Yep. So, um, till next time, thank you very much for listening. Uh, make sure to rate and review on your podcasting platform of choice. It helps us get viewed. Um, and if you're watching or listening to the audio-only embed on YouTube, like, subscribe, click ring the bell, so forth and so on. Yada, yada. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Have a good one. See you next month. <laughs>